0: Now I'm live again. Don't worry. This time I remembered to hit the report button. Last time I didn't, and that made things rather difficult when we're talking about, say, you know, editing this and putting it up on Anchor.fm, where you can catch the audio version of this. If you don't like staring at my ugly mug, or you want to listen to this in a car ride, or, well... Probably help you go to sleep because sometimes this is just like Valium. Any which who, thank you all for tuning in to another fantastic episode of Joe's Disc Golf Podcast. And we've got a whole bunch of great things to talk about, including the Des Moines Challenge. We've got Junior World, We've got a whole bunch of other action going on across disc golf here. It was kind of a, a slower week with everything kind of being tuned down. We had some issues with the European tour being canceled, which bumped the Des Moines Challenge to a silver series. It just, that's how things go, unfortunately. You know, a lot lot of fun stuff, but they made up for it. Got out, played some disc golf. But before I get too far, we've got to talk about our new sponsor. This is Joe's Tree Repellent Spray right here. Guaranteed to keep you out of the trees and on to the fairway. All you have to do is spray it on your disc and let it work its magic. It will be amazing to watch that disc fly as it weaves in and out, just repelled like a magnet, like two north magnets coming close to each other, flying away from all the trees. It is a good time to spray it on there. Warning, this spray can cause your disc to deteriorate, to give you cancer. Cause your tires to go flat, cause you to throw a plus 36 through 10 holes and give you blisters. But it is worth it to stay out of the trees. I don't know, new sponsor, fun stuff. I'm just reading it here. Thank you all for watching. Did you get out and play any disc golf? I did. I got out. I played the River City Open in Grand Rapids, Michigan where there were supposed to be quite a few more pros. I was looking forward to getting up there to play. You know, our, the amateur side was playing uh, two round Saturday and then one round Sunday pros are going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it would have been fun to see some big names. Unfortunately, the only two big names that I recognized that weren't, um, local, you know, top level, local pros kind of thing were uh, Lisa Fakus and, uh, Oh, Riccati, I can't remember her first name. Christina, I'm blanking. I apologize. Um, Those are the only two pros that I recognize their name. Uh, They did pretty well there. Unfortunately, because of when FPO teed off, it was relatively early in the morning and I was not about to leave my house at six in the morning to get up there to watch their round. Um, I still had other things to do because, well, you know, I have work. I have a job. I have things to do. I am not a professional disc golf watcher person or professional disc golfer. Not yet, at least. With your help, I can. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just out here having fun. It was a great time. Uh, Played Brewer Park and Hammond Hills. Hammond Hill. Sorry. Unfortunately, I wanted to play Riverside. That looked like a blast of a course to play. But unfortunately, uh, last minute, they had to cancel all the rounds that were happening there because the river flooded. Turns out Riverside Park is on a river and that river floods. But there's nothing they could do about it. I mean, this time of year, generally speaking, it is okay. It doesn't flood generally. I talked to uh, one of the assistant TDs. And they're bummed too. I mean, we all were. It looked like a fun course. Looking at U Disc, I might try to get out there again and play um, sometime. Maybe this summer, next summer, we'll we'll try to figure it out. It should be a good time. Um, it was a much longer course than what we actually played. Not saying what we played was short, but uh, the course we played, uh, Brewer Park, was 8,600 feet if you threw in a straight line. Fun fact, I did not throw in a straight line, so I know I threw more than that. Grand total distance, I decided to add it up because I was really curious. And, you know, sometimes you get that curiosity and you're like, well, how far did I throw? Not just in one throw, but total. How far did I throw? Well, just if I threw in that straight line between two rounds at Brewer Park and one at Hammond Hill, 4.3 miles. That is a lot of kilometers. I don't know how many. I really don't because we're we're here in America and we talk about freedom units. We don't talk about your metric system over there. And I just I don't remember the conversions anymore. I used to be a physics major, got a physics minor, but uh, I really can't remember the conversion off the top of my head. I know it's it's close, but whatever, Uh, probably around what? Eight. Nine kilometers, something like that, give or take. But um, yeah, that was fun. Got out there to play that um, had some great drives, had a lot of lot. my arm was dead. Oh, man. Throwing that far that long. My arm was absolutely dead. I, I got I got back to my uh, hotel um, Saturday night and was just like my arm. I was like, it's just jello. It's just flopping around. What do I do? Uh, Fortunately, my in-laws let me borrow their um, Norda Trek, like TheraGun thing. You know, it looks like a big old gun that just vibrates on your shoulder or whatever muscle you put it on, and um, that that worked out. I mean, my shoulder was still pretty darn sore and tired. Like going into Hammond Hill day two, just reaching back. They had only a couple holes that were like big bomber holes, and I was like, okay. Here we go. Let's go. I got this. It's 400 feet. I can do that. Yesterday, I parked a 420 foot hole. Legitimately parked it. Got the CTP on that one. I was about three feet short, which like was and pin high dead right there. It was oh, it was so close to an ace. It was so close. But I digress. Get out to this 400 foot hole. I was like, all right, everything you got. Here we go. Boom. Throw it. And I was like 25 short. And I was like, I gave it everything I had in the tank. So it was, it was difficult. Um, I did stretching. I had a tens unit. Good thing about being in sports medicine, you have access to a whole bunch of stuff like a tens unit. And like my arm felt okay. I mean, I threw two rounds on an 8,600 foot course. Like what uh, you just, I don't know what you can do about that. It's just a lot of throwing, a lot of forehand, a lot of power forehand, throwing these big old, um, flex shots and just having a good time. Like met a lot of great people, uh, played on obviously played three cards with uh, nine different people. I did not play a single round with the same person at all, which was fun. Got to know some of the Grand Rapids guys and it was it was a good time. If you guys ever get a chance to get up to Grand Rapids, Michigan to play some courses, I highly recommend Brewer Park. Uh, Hammond Hills is in Hastings, which is like 40 ish minutes away which was perfectly fine for me because it was 40 minutes in the direction I needed to travel to go home. And I really want to get out and play Riverside. So if you're in that area, good job, guys. Um, one thing I made sure to do was talk to so the, the head TD, the official TD. Uh, he was obviously at the um, pro side all three days, and it was a good time. I never got to meet the guy. He seemed pretty nice through all the emails and all the information. They are great at communication. I don't know about you guys, but I've been to some I've been part of some tournaments where communication is rough, to say the least, Um, where you're just like, oh, okay, so we're now now we're changing this. Now we're doing that. Like, obviously, yes, I was disappointed that we couldn't play Riverside Park, but when it's flooded, there is nothing any TD can do about that. I don't I don't care who you are unless your TD is Moses and he can part the sea. There is nothing at all you can do about that. So, but the communication was great. He let us know, like, I think it was that Saturday before he's like, hey, rivers flooded. We're going to wait. We're going to wait until Tuesday to make a call. Tuesday came. Things are still flooded. More rain was predicted. It did actually rain. I think one more day after that Tuesday call that they made. And then Sunday, it rained again when we were playing. So, Great call there. I talked to the assistant TD, was like, hey, man, you know, great job. Like, you guys ran a really slick tournament here. You did a fantastic job. The communication was great. The players' packs were awesome. You just, like, things were, you did a good job. You had a fantastic time. And I would love, love, love to come out and play another tournament that you guys are running, which then they told me about Michigan states. Um, I think that's what they called it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it is right about the time that we are expecting our first child. And yeah, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> that, isn't, that is not That is not going to happen. So maybe next year, who knows? I don't know. Just trying to get out there. I did manage to get one of the things that you did get, um, which I've been having a, a hard time finding. I like to call them the maxi minis. The minis that are about this big around. They're huge. They're also... Junior's discs, give or take. Um, so I managed to paint, pick up a pink buzz, because there's like three Z's at the end. And that will be my child's first disc, because, you know, won't be able to handle or grip a full size disc yet. But that's okay. That is fine. My child will be doing great things. Future world champion. In either men's or women's calling it now boom prediction made just gotta wait at least you know 15 years to find out and if i even remember that but we are not going to push our children into any sport specifically just you know go out have fun do whatever clearly they're going to love disc golf because disc golf is the greatest sport in the world A couple other things that they did. It was just it was good. Um, They managed to they secured Jimmy John's for all of us. So part of your registration fee is you got a Jimmy John's sandwich and chips, which again, great stuff there. I That was great. I loved it. So good, good times there. Um, Again, really well run. I did also get in the mail. Finally, as I was out the door, basically, I got it Thursday. I left Friday afternoon I think Um, I got two discs that I've been thoroughly waiting for the loft hydrogen alpha solid it's just a sexy looking putter and the loft hydrogen beta solid slightly different feel the alpha solid I believe is a little softer and the beta solid is a little harder um both of them very stiff putters not what i would typically use generally i like um i like soft plastic so if you're talking like um dynamic discs it's their classic soft uh west side it's their bt soft i can't remember what it is but the soft putter, i like soft putters that's just how it goes but these are great these are supposed to be the world's straightest putters they are a one two zero zero um and if nothing else This blue speckled with the blue foil stamp is just sexy looking. Uh, Hopefully you guys can see that on camera. And if not, if you're listening on audio version, I mean, it is white with little blue speckles in there. Uh, The Alpha Solid is solid white with a silver stamp that just says loft on it. It is produced in Denmark and Loft Disks is brand new and they want you to loft your game, which is okay, except for the fact that I am a spin putter, not a loft putter. But I can't wait to get out there, throw these. Finally, I had no intentions at all of going out yesterday because my arm was dead. And the last thing I want to do is go out and throw and hurt myself and then really screw myself over for future tournaments and just playing and having fun. Today is a rainy, crappy day, so I probably won't be getting out to throw it again. But who knows? Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. That is what's going on there. I think that's about all I got going on here. It was a good time. Again, River City Open. If you ever get a chance to play anything that is run by uh, the Grand Rapids Disc Golf Club, uh, Shay Egby, I think, is his last name. Uh, fantastic job. Great TD. So if you find anything that's run by him, he's in the Grand Rapids Disc Golf Club. So Obviously, Grand Rapids area. Go out and play it. Uh, does a great job. Does a good job there. But we are going to get into our topics here. I need to pull up my word document and actually look at the. I don't... Why are you being weird? Stop being weird. Uh, Word. So let's talk about the Des Moines Challenge. They had some interesting weather out there. Round one, no problems out there. Having a great, grand time out at the Des Moines Challenge out there. Every letter is important. Right, Des Moines peoples? I believe you will not kill me for that pronunciation. But it was held in Indianola, Iowa, right ahead of the first pro-am, celebrity pro-am disc golf outing which is happening, I believe, today at Funky Farms. Should be a great time out there. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get something up about that later today. I don't know. It's going to be a weird kind of day. But Indianola, they had two different layouts there. Let me actually bring this so I look like I'm looking at the camp. Come on. Stop being stupid. Uh, Two different layouts. They had the gold layout, which was 9,700 feet par 64 and an 8,600 par 8,600 foot par 65. Both of the layouts looked beautiful. Some trees, some woods, some open fairways, some technical shots. I can't wait to see this tournament next year. It looks like it's going to be a blast out there. On the MPO side, we had in third place Gavin Rathbun shooting. A 25 under par. Second place was Calvin Heinberg at a 26 under par. And first place was the man, the myth, the legend, Paul Macbeth at 28 under par. There was some severe weather that rolled through during the middle of round two, causing the men to pause in the middle of the round. Uh, the action resumed Sunday morning before the third round started, where uh, Paul Macbeth hit a beautiful. Edge of circle one putt right there to uh, hit his first of eight birdies in a row. He managed to shoot a hot 10 down along with Gavin Rathbun and Seth Talbot. McBeth started the round with a one stroke lead and managed to hold on to that the entire time. It was a great round to watch. If you are looking for the post produced coverage, you know, Jomez, all those guys, Disc Golf Network had it. Um, who else had it? I think. I think those are the and GK, I believe, was out there. I can't remember off the top of my head. As for the uh, celebrity pro-am at Funky Farms, I think production there is going to be a little weird because this is kind of a last minute thing. I don't know if there will be too much post-produced stuff. I think Disc Golf Network will be there doing a post-produced thing, but don't quote me on that exactly. Uh, details have been kind of all over the board to say the least it was only officially announced i believe like 2 weeks ago but should be a great time out there on the fpo side we had uh the same weather issues but unfortunately round 2 for the women was just completely canceled just because of when they started and when the storms rolled through it just they couldn't do it it was unfortunate but that's how it goes Third place was Paige Pierce and Kristen Tatar, who were two under par. They also had in second place Jessica Weiss and getting her first win elite series win Missy Gannon at five under par. She did great. I mean, I was able to watch a bit of that while I was warming up for my round and getting things ready because we all did tea times. So I was able to watch a decent amount of the women's side and she was on fire. She was hitting putts. It was great. Uh, she started the final round tied with Paige Pierce and Kristen Tatar at three under par. She managed to gain two strokes on the field with her putting. Uh, there is a lot of bogey opportunities out there and a lot of people. There are a couple holes that none of the women birdied at all and that very few even parred. So she managed to uh, do some great work there. Uh, she staved off. She was able to stave off Jessica Weiss on the last hole by hitting a 20 footer par save decent distance. But however, that is more of a, uh, you know, tester putt right there, especially with all that extra. uh, uh, What is the word I'm looking for? Pressure, extra pressure. It's not like I am a podcaster here and words are hard. This, as I mentioned before, is Missy Gannon's first Elite Series win. I like this quote from her. Uh, It was a weird weekend, not knowing whether or not we're going to play or how many holes we're going to be able to play. You have to play every round like it's the last round. And we were told today that we're going, this was going to be the last round. And that is some great advice there in every sporting event you do. You know, I had a, I worked with a soccer coach who had his uh, career. He was a keeper. He had his career cut short because of an injury and he had no idea that the game he played in was going to be the last game he would play in as I forget what level he was. He was decently high, but not like, you know, pro pro, but he was, he was really good from what I understand. Um, You just never know when your last round, your last game or anything's going to be. So you have to go out there and just give everything you got, have a good time, have fun. And, That's what it's all about, just going out and having fun. And that's a great quote from her. I think that's uh, something we could all learn from is just go out and play every round like it's your last round and just leave it all out there. And you know who else left it all out there? Elaine King with her 300th win just a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, I believe, just based on when the story was published. Unfortunately, she won the ECO tour presented by BTW. Global Rocky Mount in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. She is the first person, period, to get 300 disc golf wins, tournament wins. And she narrowly did it, too. The following weekend, Brian Schweberger Schweberger, got his 300th win. So he is the first MPO player to get 300 wins. Just as a little history, Elaine King had her first win three years before I was born. She had her first win in 1986. Schweberger's first win was in 1999. He started playing back in 1997. Other notable total wins here. Like, it it was just great to see. Like, I was actually kind of a little surprised that no one has had 300 wins before, but that is super impressive there. Some of the other major totals out here that might surprise you. With 248 wins, Mike Moser is third best, relatively. You know, third most wins. I'll say it that way. Third most wins. For uh your second place, it would be for the FPO side, it would be Katrina Allen with 171 wins, almost only half, like just over half of Elaine King's wins. Now, obviously, Katrina Allen has not been playing as long as Elaine King, but just goes to show you that is crazy. As well as here's some surprising stuff here. Steve Rico, 141 wins. And you know who else only has 141 wins? Paige Pierce. Even though her total dominance over the last, I don't know, five, six years, seven years, eight years. I forget exactly. She's only got, I say only, 141 wins. At 137, we've got Kale LaVisca. Here's one that surprised me. Actually, two. That surprised me. Paul McBeth only has 132 wins. That's it. And Ricky Waisaki only has 118. Insane. Like, I, I would have thought both of those guys were closer to 200. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's that's kind of where they're at there. As for uh, other amazing stats, Owen Scoggin throws a career best rated round. She uh, played at the Conejo Disc Golf Pro-Am in Thousand Oaks, California. At Rabbit Flat Disc Golf Course, she shot 15 under par. She couldn't quite Paul McBeth it and go 18 under through 18. Unofficially, at the time of broadcasting, July 13th, 2021, she shot a ten rated round. As it stands, she will be one of a select few women who's managed to get a 1050 round. And you know who else has 1050 rated rounds? Katrina Allen and Paige Pierce. That is insane. She was on fire at Flat Rabbit. Could not do wrong because, sorry, Rabbit Flat. I keep wanting to say Flat Rabbit. Maybe I'm thinking too much of Looney Tunes and that wascally Wabbit. Insane. Like I I can't even imagine going out there and having that kind of round just i mean everybody just think of your personal best round maybe it's a thousand rated round i'm still waiting for my first thousand rated round and you're just going yeah that's awesome but someone like that and you just shoot 1050 and it's one of the best in the world that's insane i i don't even know and speaking of the world this is this is going to end up being unfortunately a bit of a shorter podcast here as i'm looking at the time 24 minute. Yeah, we'll we'll probably be right around a half hour give or take. PDGA Junior Worlds happened this past weekend. And it was very very exciting. We had some we had a local guy out there shooting his heart out and did pretty well on the uh MJ18. So I, I always say, you know, just under you know, U18s on the men's side, boy side yeah, boy side. Cade. Cade, I'm sorry about this. Philimo Mohala. F-I-L-I-M-O-E-H-A-L-A. Hala at your boy. He's rated right 1,001. This is his last 18, U18 event that he could do. And he took home. He won. He crushed the competition. Peter Calabrese managed to only come within nine strokes of him uh cage shot a 52 under par over in emporia this is through six rounds uh plus a finals round so pretty pretty amazing there absolutely insane on the girls side on the u18 girls we had melody castruta i apologize 891 rated uh she shot 28 down narrowly edging out stacy Hass. At a uh, 26 under par. Uh, great job out there, ladies. She did fantastic. Both of them did a fantastic job out there. On the um, U15 boys side, Luke Taylor took home the bacon by one stroke. That was an exciting match there. Came down to the wire and he beat out Andrew Miranda 60, 60 under to a 59 under. On the girls side, Aria Castruta, uh, sister of Melody. One on the girl side on the U15 at 25 under par. Second place was Cadence Burge at a six over. Absolute domination there by Aria. But when you have an older sister like that, you know there's some sibling rivalry. You know that's going on and that they're pushing each other. On the U12, we had Wyatt Mahoney winning by one stroke as well at a 30 under par. And a big shout out to local Hiram Hart shot four down through all five rounds and uh yeah he did a great job out there a uh, local guy out here totally shredding it at u12 uh 11th in the world and i don't feel so bad now that a 12 year old beats me at disc golf <laughs> it's one of those those weird moments where you're just like wow i you know but these these kids like they've got it so great between all the different videos, instructional videos out there and how the sport has just grown. It's so easy to get out and just do proper form. Like I didn't even know about disc golf until I was a going into my senior year of college. So I didn't know anything about disc golf. And these kids are out there playing, having a grand old time, learning proper form. And I just can't wait to see. I mean, you you see what happens when someone like Eagle McMahon starts out early and gets some instruction. Wait until this round of kids comes up and plays. On the U12 girl side, Ava Meyer won with a plus 34. Moving on to the juniors, uh, 10 and under the U10s, Gabriel Anderson won at a four under par with Caden Bell and James Beavers being right there at three under par. On the girl side at the U10, uh, MJ Gager, Guy Gager, Gager, G A G E R. At a plus 72 with Poppy Spring Sprigs at a plus 118 through four rounds. Finally, rounding out the juniors U8 only on the boys side is the Nathan Brewer at a plus 15. and we've got Isaac Crawford at a plus 19. Good job out there. Now, I know that there was this was brought to my attention. There were some issues with registration for Junior Worlds where I believe 16 or so participants were able to register for Worlds without passing their um, uh, officials exam, which is super easy, you know, open book, real easy to pass. Unfortunately, um, there was some kind of clerical error and it allowed them to get on without passing that test. And I know there were some parents that were quite upset and kind of looking more into it, it's it's rather difficult to just uh, figure out what happened there. I don't know too much. I know there were reading through some of the discussion posts on disc golf scene for PDGA worlds. Unfortunately, there were some rather upset parents about that, which I can understand, you know, they didn't follow the rules as well as some issues with not having enough spaces in for all of the divisions. And that's just something that um, try, I'm trying to come up with a uh, a viable solution because Yes, I've called out the PDGA for a couple different things going on here. But part of this is just finding a viable solution. And at this moment, I don't know what it is whether that is going to say, you know, Fort Wayne, we have 7 courses here. Do you somehow fill out all of those courses like that and do it with T-times to get more kids? Right now, there's only 72 Spots available per division. On top of that, for worlds, seventy-two spots for worlds per division, and I believe it's about the same for pro. Uh, not pro worlds. Pro worlds is a different beast altogether. But am worlds and am nationals, they have the same kind of issues where they invite thousands of people. I believe this year, three thousand, roughly three thousand juniors were invited, but they can only take, you know, a couple hundred. Part of that comes into like, you know, um, I doubt there is really any European kids here just because travel restrictions and things like that. Generally speaking, I doubt there would be a lot of European kids playing in general just because of the cost to get from. Let's even go from a major like say you live in London and you had to fly to Emporia, Kansas. That is not a cheap flight. It's not a cheap flight. It's a relatively cheap flight for an international flight to get from London to New York, give or take. But then you have to go, say, London to New York or Chicago, and then you fly into like Kansas City and then you still have to drive a couple hours. And obviously, if you're playing world, you're pretty good. But it's that's a big challenge. And to get parents like it's a week long event, not including any travel. So it's it's difficult. Um solutions for that it's hard to say um i don't know whether you can you you got to get more courses in you have to have more more holes that's that's just how it goes like you are unfortunately limited to a certain physical amount of space and that's it covid or not there's only so many holes and so many kids can be on a hole and they can have they they're doing foursomes on 18 that's 72 kids and you get one, you know, each division plays a course, boys and girls side. It's just difficult to find, to figure out a way to do that. And I'm trying to come up with a viable solution, as I mentioned, to, to do that. So it's a little more, so you can invite more kids because disc golf is growing huge. Whether or not that's say, uh, this would probably work out better for a regionals form or a, a national format. I don't know about worlds. Maybe you can adapt it somehow. But, you know, you go by state and then you have a state tournament and you go out and this this would be kind of difficult, but at the same time possible, you have a state tournament where you can get pretty much anyone who wants to or you set a cutoff like you had to play at least X amount of tournaments the year before and have X amount of points like they do for worlds like you have to play M1 and have you know, 1,500 points to be able to get invited to Worlds. Now, maybe you do something along those lines. um, And right now, I'm just spitballing ideas here. Maybe do something along those lines. And you get, you know, you have to play a couple tournaments and have to have ah, 300 points. I don't know. I'm pulling out, I'm pulling a number out of my butt. And that qualifies you for the state tournament. And you get into the state tournament and they take, you know, the top 20 from each division, give or take, let's say about 20. And then those go into a regional playoff and region can depend, you know, you'd have a bigger region for say your South Dakota, North Dakota, that area lump that in with like Michigan, not Michigan, Minnesota and Wisconsin, because you're probably not going to have as many disc golfers out there. Just population wise, there's not as many people in South and North Dakota. That could be a bigger region out there. And then from region, you go the top 10. I don't know. You have. Uh, say you have six regions, you have the top 10 plus 12 wild cards. You know, I don't know how you do that. Maybe it's a ratings based thing where like you go and have the top 10 finishers from the six regions. And then from there, you look at the people who didn't qualify. So 11 to 15 for each area or whatever it is, and you look at the ratings and then you then take um you then take say you know the next it'd be the next 12 best rated rounds averaged across the entire tournament so that could be good that could be bad ratings inflation is a thing and so if you happen to shoot a bad like if you happen to be a mediocre player but you're in a tough region You know, that changes your your rating there or vice versa. If it's an easy one, Uh, Aaron Woodley. uh, Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to keep the content going, trying to keep it going, trying to keep everything up and running here. I appreciate the words of encouragement. Um, I have going on a side note here. uh, I made a back on July 1st uh, when I was just crossing the hundred subscriber threshold. I made what i thought was a prediction that i would hit 500 subscribers by halloween and last time i looked and i I could pull it up on my phone but when i looked yesterday i was six away i am currently five subscribers away from that goal so i think i need a different goal which i think i'll talk about after i finish up my little world's topic here um but going back to worlds where you have something like that and you have, I mean, there's no perfect solution and, and it happens with worlds with am worlds Am nationals juniors, worlds and nationals and whatnot. You're going to have kids that should have qualified that did not for one reason or another, or didn't get in. And it is unfortunate. So I don't know if there's a great solution. I do think they need to figure out how to get, get the tournament bigger. Like, population wise get more kids more spaces for kids in there and that's that's it that's hard that's hard to do I get it um going into a final last minute topic here I decided that I'm going to come up with a um, great goal here with how fast this channel has grown in the last month um it it has been absolutely insane uh I've, I Looked at YouTube Studio. And in the last uh, month, the last, I don't know, three weeks, I've gotten close to 400 subscribers, which is insane. Um, I appreciate every one of you. And again, if you don't like looking at my ugly mug, most of the time through anchor.fm slash Joe's Disc Golf, you can catch the audio versions, especially the weekly podcast. That is always an audio version. It's also on Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Google pretty much all of your major ones there. Uh, But I'd say my uh, BHAG, which is something we say at at work, it's your big, hairy, audacious goal. Or as I, (laughs) when we forgot what that meant when we first heard about it and then we hadn't heard it for a couple months, we're like, what the heck is that? We Google it (laughs) and it says big, hairy-ass gorilla. So my big, hairy-ass gorilla for the channel is I want to have 2,500 subscribers by December 31st at 11:59 p.m. 2021. I think that is a pretty substantial goal there. Like I, I, you know, channel kind of went whoop at a like 80 degree angle up, and uh, it's kind of tapered off a little bit. I did not expect to sustain um, growth like that. I mean, in every day, I was getting 20 plus subscribers and there's no way I could sustain that growth at this point at the small of a channel. Now you look at something like a um I don't know, um Mumbo Jumbo or Linus Tech Tips uh where they have millions of subscribers, like it's easy to get 20 in a day. I, like at those numbers with the algorithm favoring that, it's easy. Plus they also like Linus Tech Tips talks about a whole bunch of tech stuff and does a whole bunch of stuff like that. So it's easy for them to get a bunch of new subscribers constantly with new tech coming out. Mumbo Jumbo is a huge uh, Minecraft YouTuber and Minecraft is a lot of fun to play. And that's easy. Disc golf is fun. It's great, but it's still kind of niche. So who knows? Maybe I'm growing at an appropriate rate here for the growth of the sport. But I think that's going to be my goal now is 2,500 subscribers. That means I need to keep pumping out the positive content here. Keep doing good things here. If you guys want to get in contact with me in any way possible, you can do it through a bunch of different ways. Uh, Facebook Messenger, uh, you can do that through Joe's Disc Golf Facebook page. You can also do that through anchor.fm slash Joe's Disc Golf and leave an audio comment. And if it is an appropriate comment, no swearing, no slurs, no, you know, all that kind of stuff. Keep it. uh, I like to say, keep it PG then you can drop a voice message there. You do have to sign up for an account, but it's a free account. So, and if you already have Spotify, you just use your Spotify credentials because Spotify owns uh, Anchor and you can leave a voice message there. You can also message me or at me on Instagram or on Twitter at Joe's Disc Golf. You can drop me a line through uh, the website, joesdiscgolf.com. I'm trying to get better about keeping that updated. That one's a little harder for me. Uh, Yodabar Gaming, hello, how are you? Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, Unfortunately, you kind of came in towards the end. I'm debating on whether or not starting this podcast just a little bit later for the live stream, just so more people can catch it. I understand that being in East Coast time here, 9am is fairly early for the rest of the country. And decently appropriate timing For those in Europe Which I have According to Europe According according to Europe According to YouTube No European viewers But according to Anchor I have a handful of those Who listen to the audio podcast From various European countries So that's pretty exciting Slowly becoming a big name Over there You know me But I think that's all I have for today Thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, rate, review, all the fun things associated with that. It helps feed the algorithm here, helps this podcast, this YouTube channel, get more recognition. And thank you all for watching. As always, I've been Joe, you've been awesome. Don't forget to thank Treesus next time you get a great tree kick. And if you kick deeper into the woods, well, you need to reflect and repent because you have transgressed against treesus, And you need to ask for forgiveness, or you could always pick up a bottle of Joe's Tree Repellent. Spray it on your disc. Thank you all for watching. Have a great day.